and welcome to Hell Ain't Complicated, a supernatural fan cast. I'm Claire, and with me is Bo. Hey. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm great, exhausted, tired, working two jobs, and <sighs> but I got a tattoo, yeah, that and that's sucks. that makes everything worth it. <laughs> that's true. Oh god, two jobs is fucking exhausting. I could never make it more than a couple of months doing that. Yeah, I've never worked two jobs before. Granted, this one doesn't really count if I can just decide to leave my shift at any moment. <laughs> God, that'd be way too fucking tempting for me. I know. <laughs> Button's like right there. I could just do it at any point. It's, oh my God. I am constantly, even at like my normal ass job, I'm constantly like, how can I get out of this? Mood. <laughs> So today, oh my god, today we're starting season four of Supernatural. I'm so excited. Oh my god, we're finally here. We finally got to it. Oh my god. So, oh wait, some news? And eh, there wasn't really. Well, it, there is kind of news. There was a bunch of cons that happened and like the people, like there was a bunch of like stuff that they said and like headcanons that they had and all that shit. But like I, I couldn't keep track of it. And, you know, it's all, like, hearsay or whatever the fuck, you know. Um, I did find out that Jim Beaver is in a- another Guillermo del Toro movie. He's in Nightmare Alley, and it's uh, nominated for an Oscar. Good for fucking Jim Beaver. He deserves it. Holy shit. You go, Mr. Beaver. Hell yeah, Mr. Beaver. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Episode one, Lazarus Rising. September 18th, 2008, written by Arab Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. Dean is astonished to wake up in a coffin from which he escapes, unharmed except for a burnt handprint, suggesting he was pulled out of hell. Bobby needs repeated proof that it's not a demonic trick before he helps Dean reunite with an equally stunned Sam, who swears he tried in vain to strike a deal. Even the bunch of demons Sam was following are stunned, and nobody is immune to the mysterious force, Castiel, that wrecks the eyes of the medium Pamela when the hunters ask her for help. Bobby and Dean summon the being and reveals itself as an angel of God who has a mission for Dean. This is television. The episode. The episode. It's so fucking iconic in so many ways. There's like the cross, the trees, the handprint that's screaming. Oh my God. I'm still so upset that they didn't keep the handprint. I know! That handprint should have never gone anywhere. It shouldn't have. It's In my mind, it didn't. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely did. And, like, people had Canada that's, like, on Dean's soul itself and shit. Like, nah, it's there in spirit. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I had canon that's there physically, too. I don't I don't give a shit about canon. Yeah, that's canon. true. <laughs> like, when would it have disappeared? That doesn't make any sense. It would just, I guess, whatever. just faded. Yeah. There'd still be something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, like, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, the handprint just means so much to the Heller community, you know? Like, it's the handprint. It is the mark. Exactly. All right, but yeah, this is the beginning of it all. The beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of the apocalypse. Oh my gosh. It's like I have a bunch of th thousand things to say, but I don't know where to start. Just like... Well, let's just start with the first scene. Um, I believe it starts with him in the uh, coffin underground and he's, like, freaking out because he just woke up. Yeah, I wonder if it was inspired by Buffy at all because Buffy also comes back from the dead and she, like, you first see her, like, wake up in the coffin and she has to dig her way out. 
I wonder if I was inspired oh, by that at all. shit, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, it might have been. Honestly, it might have been. Because I feel like a lot of the, like, common monster of the week things were a little bit inspired by Buffy. Because Buffy was, like, kind of the, the blueprint for a supernatural monster of the week at this time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, this episode has such good cinnamon topography, I swear. Cinnamon topography. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's not even that. I think this episode and the episode after, I think maybe just like this season, they finally like got really good at making sets. Like every single set in this episode is so like branded in my mind, even years and years later, like the trees all fallen down the gas station, the empty gas station on the side of a highway that does not get used at all and shit and like the empty gas station bothers me for so many reasons yeah like why is it just fucking empty all yeah. the lights are on there's money in the cash register on a thursday like, it was closed so we had to like uh break in but why why on earth was it closed but no one was there yeah, it's very strange. Like, you can argue that maybe it's just an abandoned building, but no, it's stocked with stuff. It has electricity and everything. Yeah, and there's money in the cash register. Yeah. There is. There are food products. The refrigerators are running. Like, he's drinking cold water. What the hell? Where is this person? Maybe they just didn't feel like it today or an angel it was their was like, lunch break so they just did that thing where they locked the door closed it up and hoped nobody yeah. came by <laughs> oh they got so screwed <laughs> they got so fucked they're like fuck my boss is gonna kill me <laughs> yeah it really doesn't make any sense <laughs> but like it, it works it's so good and there's also the room where um I guess Sam is staying. They keep going back to that room that's, like, very dark red. And there's, like, mirrors on the ceiling. So when Cass talks to them again, just all the mirrors shatter and fall on Dean. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's such a brilliant idea. It is. But also, they they stay in, like, exclusively cheap motels. What? Why does this cheap motel have a ceiling mirror? So you can look at yourself while you're having fun. Well, I'm just saying that that's not a cheap thing to do. That is true. Why on earth would a cheap motel have it? I feel like it's a motel that is cheap, but wanted to be, wants to brand itself as higher end. Perhaps. You know, like the CISO Hotel or some shit. I always wondered why there was a, like, mirror. Like, I know why, but I was just like, why would a, you know... That kind of hotel. <laughs> I'll be able to afford that. Why would they do that? <laughs> um, oh, what's the other side? Bobby's house is going to come way more into play this season. We actually, like, yeah. we see a bit more of it in the next episode, which confused. We'll get there when we get there, because I'm a little bit confused about Bobby's house, but we get to see his library. He has so many paintings. He is a patron of the art. Absolutely. He really is. And, like, you don't realize it because he's always dirty and he, like, speaks in such a gruff way and he would probably bite your head off if you asked him about it. But that that man is definitely a patron of the arts. He loves art. I mean, he does also have, like, a dumpster in, in his backyard. He also might just be like, I need some to put in my walls. Blah, there we go. He does run a... A junkyard for, for vehicles. Junkyard, that's the word, yeah. Oh my god, Bobby is so good in this episode. He's just 
like him just like so upset that thinking that like this Dean is trying to con him and shit, but like and he's just so happy once he realizes it really is Dean and just Oh my god, he's so good. I love Bobby so much. I'm so happy we get to see more of him. This is like the best of Bobby. Just pure dad. Like, Dean even says, like, you're the closest thing I have to a father. Like, oh. Yeah. And then he, like, he acts like he's gonna hug him and tries to stab him again. He's like, whoa, come on. Yeah. I just told you you were like a dad to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, yeah. So funny. He could just tell Bobby was so just brokenhearted by Dean's death. Like, there's that one point where Dean is like, oh, you having a house party, Bobby? When he's, like, pointing out some alcohol and Bobby's like, like I said... These months have not been hard- easy. It's like, oh man. For once, Supernatural was like, hey, sometimes drinking alcohol is a symptom is of a bad. bigger bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes people use that as a maladaptive way to cope. Yes. And it's not a good thing. Which is why I was a little bit upset that when they get to Sam's place, he like hands Bobby a beer as if... Bobby... Yeah, as if he didn't just kind of admit that his death caused him to start drinking more than he should. Yeah. I wish some CW show would deal with alcoholism. Like, truly, it's so wild that they just are so okay with it. I don't know if any other show has ever dealt with it, but as far as I know, none of them have. I guess I'd have to ask Meg. We see Ruby for the first time. (laughs) We see Jared Padalecki's future wife. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think, in my personal opinion, um, Ruby gave Sam acting lessons in between because Sam really pulls off not knowing who this chick is. What I do love is how at the end, like, if you already know it's Ruby, you can tell he was kind of giving her a bitch face when she was like, it's Christy. Like, yeah. it, that was a brilliant acting decision on her part, but he's like, come on, you're making me look like a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely um and they like meant they're starting to get back into like sam's powers again which we it feels like i don't know maybe it's because we've been watching these episodes like so slowly for the podcast because we have usually have something in between but like feels like they haven't mentioned sam's powers in years in ages yeah they just kind of ignored it starting in season three for like no reason and now that they're like, oh, wait, we should, we have, we can maybe do stuff with it. They're like, hey, by the way, audience, audience, hey, audience, hey, remember when Sam had, like, some crazy shit? Do we know that he drank demon blood at this point? I think we do. Think Not we yet. Do. Oh, we don't. No, we don't know that in season, no. No, he I mean that. He's doing that in season four. I mean that the yellow-eyed demon fed him his blood as a kid. Do we know that? Uh... I feel like I don't we think should. So. I think but that's yeah. No, I think that's um that's revealed in this season because it's revealed. Um, that's why he's drinking demon blood. I think. Huh. Wow. It is. They really came up for an excuse on why he's psychic for like so late in the game. I will have to double check because it might have been might have been mentioned in season two, but it's been so fucking long. It's been a whole last season. Yeah, it, they have not mentioned it at all. Uh, except for Bobby in, like, the dream episode being like, Sam, are you all you, you know? And Sam's like, yeah, Bobby, it's all fucking me. Leave me alone, dad. Gosh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely just me. Like, why are you gotta be weird? 
And also, they don't question Pamela's, like, psychic abilities for a moment, which is very shocking. I'm very surprised Dean wasn't like, oh, a psychic, huh? Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Like, oh, okay, so that's fine. Yeah, like, that kind of psychic is perfectly fine, but not not if it's Sam. I guess it's because Bobby trusts her that they're, like, okay with it. But it's still, it's still a little weird. But they clearly like Samala, uh, Samala, Pamela. Well, maybe Samala. Actually, no, you know, hot new ship. Yes. (laughs) It's right there. Love that. (laughs) Like, oh my God, Sam, like, if you're looking at him through this whole um, scene with Pamela, he clearly likes her so much. Like, not even like like likes her, just as like, this chick is so fun and he I love her. He thinks she's cool. Yes, exactly. Exactly, because she's like, you're invited too. And Dean's like, you are not invited. He's just smiling because yeah. any other situation, he would have been like, ugh, weird or uh, rolled his eyes. But he just thinks she's fun. And he knows that she said it just to mess with Dean. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I like her. New bestie. Yeah. Samuel she- is the hot new ship of the season, actually. It is a very good ship. Oh, I do love that. <laughs> Just like two psych. That's actually really cute. Well, I found my A of the week. Um, yeah. So Pamela summons Cass, gets her eyes burned the fuck out. Her stance is very simplistic, which is interesting. You think there'd be like a little bit of Latin in there, but now she's just like, "Hey, Cass, I want to look at you." It's like, "No, well, too bad." And then she gets Show her me eyes your burnt fucking out. face. This episode just builds up angels so fucking well. They are so, it's so out of like, it's like nothing you've ever really seen before on TV, you know? That's just what's so good about this episode. It's just like, you've never seen this before. Yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like, you don't know what the fuck is coming. I think the best part is that the demons are scared. Yes. That's what really built it up. They don't know what the fuck this is, but it's terrifying them. And they're trying to bluff their way around it, but... God, that is so good. Yeah. Like, there was a female demon who was, like, the head of honcho of of this group. And, like, they didn't, like, well, maybe a little bit. But they, like, didn't really have her be the standard sexual uh, demon. She was just trying so hard to not show how goddamn terrified she is. And then eventually her eyes get burnt out. And she's like, this is the end. We're fucking screwed. Just give up. Exactly. Oh, it's such a good buildup, especially when we come to, you know, the barn scene where all these sigils are all over the fucking barn and they have every single thing they've ever used in their arsenal. And this guy just opens the door without touching it. The lights sparking, the roof shingles just flapping around and just, he just walks right in. He just waltzes right the fuck in. And who is it? It's our boy. It's our beautiful boy, Castiel. And he's here. It's and our we best can talk friend. about him. And he's finally here. Oh my God. He is finally here. He has arrived. <laughs> he has made his big, beautiful entrance. What a fucking entrance. Ah, oh, nothing. Nothing compares. He's so perfect. And he's He's here. And he's so strange. And he's such a fucking weirdo. Exactly. He's so weird and we love him so much. (laughs) Our little autistic baby angel. Oh my god. He says so many iconic lines. The fucking, uh, I'm the one who gripped you tight and pulled you from perdition. He's like, what's wrong with you, Dean? What's the matter, Dean? You don't think you deserve to be saved. And like, oh my god, it's my boy. He's here. Yeah. 
Sorry, I don't really have too much else to say about this episode other than, ah! It's him! <laughs> it's Kaz! He's here! <laughs> My boy! And the next episode, I have a couple things to say, and then at the end, it's mostly just more, ah, it's Cass! He's here! He's, He's being here. a bitch! Just as, <laughs> just as he should be. Yes. All is right in the world. Oh, God, it feels so good to finally have him here in the studio with us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, like we've had to tip t- like well we haven't been trying to tiptoe or anything around like the fact that he is exists this entire podcast but like he's here and we 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 can finally put the tiger on the table and yell at it yell about him and how beautiful and <laughs> look at this fucking tiger. His beautiful fur, his beautiful stripes, his everything and how much we love it. <laughs> oh my god he's just so good he's so fucking cool he's so fucking cool in this episode he burns a lady he burns out several people's eyes he is screaming in a language we can't fucking understand he, he just takes mean all to those do it fucking with Pamela. yeah he does try to try to warn her that's not his fault <laughs> yeah he does try there's a little bit of that future humanity of himself peeking out right there um okay do you want to do trivia because i have quite a bit of it oh wow i have quite a bit of it um yeah let's go ahead let's do trivia okay the first one is not an official trivia but i did see on imdb that one of the tags for this episode was male objectification what <laughs> I just thought that was really funny this episode is known for That's angels really glass shattering male objecti- objectification like damn it sure is it sure is. I don't know if it was necessarily what they were going for, but that's what we did with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, when Dean calls up the cell company to track Sam's phone, he uses the name Wedge Antilles. This is the name of a rogue squadron fighter in Star Wars. Wedge Antilles, portrayed by Dennis Lawson, is the only non-main character to appear in all three original Star Wars films and survive. Which I Wait, don't he did? care enough about Star Wars that. to know, but that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that he was in all three or that he survived. I didn't know either of those things. I yeah. just knew that he was like Luke's best friend or if, whatever from he, like the first movie. I didn't even realize he was in either of the other two. <laughs> I literally thought he was like a cut character. Oh my God. I'm a See, I've shit. seen the first three movies more times than I can fucking count, but I don't know anything about Star Wars trivia because I fucking hate Star Wars. <laughs> That's a weird thing about Mostly us. Mostly because I was forced to watch it so many times as a child. That's valid. I was the exact opposite. I didn't get into Star Wars until ages, and then I was like, this isn't actually for- Like, we're big fucking nerds. We're big fucking loser-ass nerds. And we're, we're not like, ooh, nerdy girl, who do 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 No, like, we're fucking nerds, and we're not proud of it. But we can- We're not Star yeah. Wars nerds. I'm just not a Star Wars nerd. I mean, I like it. Ish. If you want some good Star Wars content, listen to Cosmonaut Tabletop, IMO. But yeah, we're just not the biggest Star Wars people. Yeah, it's really weird. Everyone expects me to be like a Star Wars person. And I'm like, no, no, no. I yeah, can't. Yeah, just not for me. Like, I don't... Okay, I will say I was a little too hasty with what I said earlier. I don't hate Star Wars. I just don't know much about it aside from the plot of the first six movies. I have not, I've seen seven of the movies. I have not seen the last two. I don't necessarily care to, like I don't 
actually care that much, but like, I don't give a fuck about any of the trivia. Like, <laughs> I don't, I really don't. And I couldn't, I, I knew Wedge Antilles was a character who existed. I did not, I, but like I said, I didn't even know he was in all three of the movies, but Star Wars fans are a different breed. Yeah. But anyways, I am not like a huge Star Wars fan. I'm like, whatever about it. I love listening to people talk about Star Wars. I can listen to like Jenny Nicholson and uh, Cosmo on a tabletop or whatever the fuck talk about Star Wars so much. I have listened to Star Wars people talk about Star Wars far, far more than I've actually like watched the original material of it. I just find it so fascinating. I, the fans are so interesting to me, <laughs> mostly because they fucking hate it. That's fair. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Back to trivia, back to trivia. Oh my god, we got so far off. It's a little bit my fault, though. Um, when Dean tracks Sam's cell phone, he finds out he's in Pontiac, Illinois. This is also the home of Jimmy Novak, Castiel's uh, vessel. Yay. Yes. Uh, Castiel dresses famously like John Constantine from DC's Vertigo line, <laughs> which is, oh gosh, who wore it? So best? funny to me. So fucking funny to me. Yeah, I don't know anything about John Constantine. I will say comic John Constantine wears it better than Castiel, but live action Castiel wears it better than any live action Constantine I've ever seen. Oh, hell yeah. Didn't. And Columbo wears it better than both of them. Oh my God. I'm so, oh my <laughs> God. I feel like I've heard so fucking much about Columbo in the past year. I don't fucking know what it is. Like everybody's talking about Columbo. I'm like, this show was from the fucking 70s or something why is everybody so obsessed with columbo right now i think every once in a while um new platforms will release older shows like that and people will start watching it and getting into it especially since a lot of people are into mysteries now and columbo has a very interesting take on the mystery format whereas it's never a whodunit you know from the beginning whodunit you watch them do it it's all about how Columbo catches them. I guess it just seems weird that everybody and their mom is obsessed with Columbo right now. Also, Columbo's just such a nice guy. Like, he's just very, very polite. And what he does is he just tricks wealthy people who are committing crimes into outing themselves. Because oh my God. they think they're smarter than, and better than everyone else. <laughs> He just has this very working class charm about him and he's very polite and he's always very humble and it's always just one more thing and the whole one more thing is always just, oh, well, there's this little thing that's bothering me. It's not really important, you know, that kind of thing. And then he'll say it and then they think they're so much smarter than him and that they can, they can explain that thing away and that's how they trap themselves because they can't shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Huh. I'm sure my dad is going to start watching it and I'll have to, I'll learn more about it through osmosis. Um, in the scene in the gas station, a small band-aid can be seen on one of Jensen's forearms. This is because the props team used real glass and when Dean throws himself to the floor during the attack of the presence, which turns out to be Cass, uh, Jensen got several cuts on his arms because of the glass. He also mentioned that the dirt uh, that he was buried in was made of crushed Oreos. Why'd they use real glass? Why'd they use real glass? It looks like sugar glass. I don't... Weird. They love putting Jensen Ackles through ordeals on set. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're gonna throw real glass at this man. Yeah. Suffer. 
Oh my god. Uh, it's for art. <laughs> yes. Suffer. Suffer, little man. Um, this <laughs> is the first episode in which we see a character cut himself with a silver knife to prove that he's a shapeshifter or some other kind of monster affected by silver. Uh, Bobby also throws holy water on Dean to make sure he isn't a demon. During season seven, the boys also add soapy water to the barrage of Tess, a test for Leviathans. This season marks the start of Genevieve Cortez, I believe. Genevieve Cortez and Jared Padalecki's courtship. They met and fell in love on stage. This is later laughed at in The French Mistake. They're married now and have three kids. And a number... What's this word? A number of foliers. Foilers? I don't know what that word is. It'll be... It's probably foley work, right? So it'd be foliers, right? Foliers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's what it is. Okay. A number of foliers. Oh, I guess it's like portfolios, foliers, because that's what it's... It's in relation to casting in this episode. Yeah. Okay, folios. folios. Sorry, I'm not looking at the word, so I'm guessing. Yeah, I think it's folios. Yeah. A number of foliers, folio, foliers, word, was released in relation to the casting of this episode. The casting sides for Castiel indicated he was a demon, and then Misha Collins has related that he prepared on that basis for the audition. When Genevieve was cast, Crippy issued a statement saying that she would play a small-town waitress named Christy who gets romantically involved with Sam sometime after Dean's death. Dean is not named in the sides, although a character named Guy appeared in order to keep the manner of Dean's reappearance a secret. Also, and I think this is apocryphal because I am keep this is this trivia is coming from memory, but I think Misha Collins mentioned that as he was walking down the barn, the sparks like fell in his hair and were like burning his scalp while he was doing it, and he just kept trucking on because he's a true professional. And that's all my trivia. Episode two: Are you there, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. September 25th, 2008, written by Sarah Gamble and Lou Bolo, uh, directed by Phil Zagrikia. While Dean and Sam and Bobby are worrying about 20 hunters kit milk, <laughs> wow, killed or missing in the area, they themselves are attacked by angry spirits who blame them for getting killed. Dean notices they carry a brand, the witness mark, a sign that the apocalypse might be at hand. Bobby convinces the brothers that they must all must leave their ghost-proof safe room to perform a spell uh, which returns the spirits to their graves. After that works, Castiel appears again, assuring Dean that there is a god, and warning that the celestial army has greater concerns than a few demon hunters. In fact, the witnesses are only one of 66 seals required to release Lucifer, as Lilith is attempting, and this battle was lost, despite the trio's survival. I like this episode. Mostly because it has Nikki Aacox, and I fucking love her. <laughs> She's the original Meg, right? Yes. She is so good. She's so fucking good. Like, the whole episode, she's essentially just kicking the brothers around, guilt-tripping them on, like, not saving her and not caring that there was a person inside, like, this Mitsu and that this Mitsu was, like, a you know, was a person at some point. And, like, saying how her family just missed her and, like, didn't know what the fuck was happening and her sister killed herself. Mm. And, like, oh my gosh, she fucking goes so hard. She is so good. Yeah, she I really I I I did really like all this and I'm I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I liked having Ronald back. I yeah. Ronald. <laughs> just for a little bit, just for a second. Just, oh, we missed him. Just for a second. He didn't get a huge dramatic guilt trip like the other two, but it was fun to see him. I love how how Dean immediately sees him and just starts talking like they're old friends. Like yeah. he's dead <laughs> and he's been cursed to try to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Dean, calm down. Yeah. 
And then Victor Hendrickson showed up and he is a little bit more, he's just like, hey, by the way, we got tortured and it, this is on you guys, you f- stupid idiots. He like- Big Stupid fucking idiots. Like, yep, they are, they are stupid. They do deserve this quite a bit. Also, the fucking Winchester brothers have like three separate people coming after their asses. Well, Bobby only has like these two kids and that's it. Like nobody else shows up for Bobby. Like, I guess he's just so good at his job. He only missed out on these two kids and that's it. And it's like, that's still sad, but like, damn, Bobby, great track record. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that none of the other fucking hunters were prepared for these. Like, what? they were just ghosts. Like, I get that they were particularly vicious ghosts, but it looks like they were, like, some of the only ones that had multiple ones coming after them. And I think, I think more of these hunters should have been able to survive. It seems like hunters were just dropping left and right off of ghosts. Ghosts are like beginner shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like they were so easy. Like, like yeah, they had a little bit of extra oomph to them. But like, still, you guys should have been able to handle it. Like 20 hunters? Come on. Yeah. They should have I had just... like a few more hunters like show up to help out. That would have been nice. Or at least not make it seem like they're the only ones who knew what they were doing. Yeah. That's really disappointing. See, that's, yeah, that's what I don't like about Supernatural is when they pretend other hunters are just fodder or they just don't matter. And it's like, this is, you guys could be building community. You could be building more characters and you just choose not to over and over. Season three was so good. That's what I'm going to miss about season three. Season three was so good about introducing new characters. And now we're not quite as much. Yeah, it's just the boys against the world for a while. Yep. Oh, boy. Fucking. <laughs> so, also, apparently, um, apparently, Pi is Dean's thing now. They make it very, very, very clear that Pi is clear. Dean's thing now. I still can't tell if it's, like, them pushing it to be or if they're referencing the fans making Pi a thing. I really can't tell because I was not there when this happened. Yeah, I kind of wish I, I I knew why they decided to do that, too. Because, like, they've mentioned Pi a few times over the course of the seasons, but, hmm. It feels like a chicken and the egg scenario. Um, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Like, I wish we'd gotten to see more of Bobby's house. Um, like, just in general. Because, you know, you know, you know, there's some shows that you watch so much that you have these characters, like, the floor plans of their house just, like, mapped out in your head. Like... You know these place, mm-hmm. these people's houses by now because you're just so familiar with it. Like Seinfeld's apartment or some shit, you know, or the Simpsons house. Like, you know it f- just from seeing it so many times. Like, you are very familiar with this house. Bobby's house, I feel like we never really truly got to know. Like, he has a stained glass thing, window, <laughs> in his second floor. And we just never... But, but then also, Sam and Dean are, like, sleeping on the floor and on the couch. Like... How does Bobby not have rooms for extra hunters and stuff? I don't get it. Yeah, like, this is a two-story house. There's gotta be, like, one guest room, at least. Why are they sleeping on your living room floor? Yeah. I mean, we see one room, and it looks like it's just storage. It's like, Bobby, what, what is going on in your house? There's nothing in your house. Everything is in the library, and that's it. Bud, you need some fucking HGTV up in here. 
he remodeled and made the house everything like everything that's not the kitchen in the living room and his one bedroom is the library (laughs) he put all the work into his library and his panic room and that's it and he said i'm good it don't need anything else (laughs) yes this place looks like a pigsty and i'm okay with that oh bobby bobby you're supposed to be a hub you should at least have a bed for other people. <laughs> One bed, like a cot, maybe an air mattress, something. Yeah, an air mattress, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine little, like, whirl of the air mattress going <laughs> while, while they're doing some research? <laughs> while, like, Sam and Dean are arguing about whether God exists. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Let's just rewrite everything. And every time they're at Bobby's house and it's late and they're doing research or bickering or whatever, there's just the whir of an air mattress in the background. I love that so much. Um, Once again, we see some of Sam's bad drawing. I just noticed like really quick, like they were talking about the brand on the witnesses. And so Sam was like, yeah, I'll draw it. And it's, I was like, oh God, what? No, Sam, no, not you. Because he, he, he draws it and it's like, first of all, that's an oval, son. That is a perfect oval and not a circle in the slightest. And it's just, who let Some this man write draw sigils? <laughs> he's not. I love him, but he's very bad at drawing, even like <laughs> with things he should be able to draw. I love him. Um, so this is like episode is like the first mention of the apocalypse. And Dean at one point mentions he's like, uh, I don't know, like fucking hellfire or something, something. Five dollar a gallon of gas apocalypse. I'm like, oh, buddy, we're already there. Yeah, we're there. We're there, baby. God. America is so obsessed with gas and plastic. And I'm so tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this hell world. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell lordy. World, hell world. Hell world. Speaking of hell word, hell world, Cass shows up <laughs> and he's like, by the way, there's an apocalypse and you guys have failed me. If you don't fix this, I'm going to throw you back in hell. Dean Winchester, you stupid idiot. Because I'm not in love with you yet. I just think it's really funny that it's like, yeah, we're trying to prevent these seals from being broken. Like, um, we didn't do that. How how did you expect us to know about that? What were we supposed to do to stop that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he literally didn't say fucking anything about it. Like, um, okay, so I guess we try to go after Lilith again? That's that's all that I could glean from that conversation. <laughs> like, what do you want me to be doing here? Like... You're, you're getting pissed at me because I want some help here, but, like, what, what do you, like, you won't even give me any, like, directives. I mean, like, what happened after the barn scene when Cass is like, we have work for you to do? Did he just leave? Did he just not say yeah, anything he just, else? Like, he's like, okay, I'm bouncing now. <laughs> that scene maybe should nice have warranted talk. a second, <laughs> another, another, another scene at the beginning of this episode. Just to close it oh, out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or at the very least, a flashback a part of the way through. Yeah. It really does. Now, wow. Now I'm really thinking about it. It really does not make sense for Cass to be like, we have work for you to do. Cut to black. And that's it. And that's all. He just the work. He just leaves. Yeah, he just leaves. Just explain, you cryptic motherfucker. You beautiful cryptic yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> He's so, oh, God, it's so wild to see who he is right now. He's just so, (laughs) not evil, but he's just like, I will throw you back into hell. You better fucking respect me. 
don't fucking mess with me. It's like, I mean, he's always still a little bit like that, but it's more like, like, I'm fucking tired. Don't fuck with me right now. I'm exhausted. Whereas right now he's just like pure angelic wrath. Yeah, he, I do love how bitchy he is here. I like, he does a very good job of playing the, I know that you can't fucking hurt me, but you are starting to piss me off. Because like, at first, he, like when when he's just like, uh, I'm going to kick your ass and he gives that kind of like hands up like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm OK, fine. I'll stop. And then immediately goes into the you should show me some fucking respect after that. Like, that was really fun. It's also very funny because he's a very different person now. <laughs> yeah, he really is so different. It's oh, God, we get to watch it. I get I, I'm so excited to watch him come become the person he is now. Even just by the end of season four, he's a completely different person. Yeah. Oh, you love to see it. I'm so excited to see him. Um, so we're only covering two episodes from here on out because, at least for season four and five, because, you know, these are the seasons that everybody watches Supernatural for. So we might as well try and cover it in depth and all that. So here's trivia for this episode. This episode's title, obviously, is in reference to Judy Bloom's famous novel, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Um, the poster in Bobby's panic room of a blonde woman with beaded braids and a pale yellow bathing suit is actress Bo Derek in Blake Edwards' comedy 10, uh, from 1979. And this is the final appearance of Nikki Acox's Meg Masters, which I'm so upset about because I think she is so fucking talented and I wish she was in other stuff because she's not, she just like, seems like she just kind of stopped acting. I, I don't know why, because she's really fucking good at it. Hmm. So you can't really find much um, else that she's been in? Not really. I think I went on her IMDb and there's like a little bit before, a little bit after. But like, it's been like a good few years since she's last done. Like it said that she sort of retired acting to focus on charity work, which is like good for her. But like. Good for her. Yeah. Good I want to. I want to see her and stuff. She's really good. Nikki Acox, please come back to acting. You're so good at it. That's all. That's all I have to say. Um, do you have an AU of the week? Yes, actually. Okay. Okay, we've had similar AUs, but um, as you know, I have just finished playing um, the Great Ace Attorney too. So I'm just thinking, just take the whole movie, plop it back a couple centuries, like 17, 1800s. I just think that makes it a little spicier. <laughs> yeah. Just- or take the whole show. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are basically talking about Super Super Lock. I'm sorry. You're talking about Super what? Lock. No, I'm not. I'm not saying put it in England. I'm not saying that, like... Oh, okay. Just I'm Supernatural turn everything. it back in time. Yes, exactly. It's still in America. Sherlock Holmes is not there. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, I get it I'm now. just saying turn back... And I'm not even saying turn it back to the same time that they were active. Like... Victorian era works, but we can go further back. <laughs> like, I just think it'd be interesting. Oh, like, no, I think yeah. this is set in another time period. That's like as far as I've gotten in that AU. Yeah, I wonder, I feel like there would be, there are some fanfics that are maybe supernatural set in like different time periods. But like, I've never seen one that like really goes for it. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there's a Pride and Prejudice AU out there that is waiting for me to read it. <laughs> Uh, they made my- it for me specifically. 
my AU of the week. I mean, I kind of don't even like want to do it AU of the week because like it's Lazarus fucking rising. Like this is the supernatural I always wanted supernatural to be. Like it's perfect and I love it and it's amazing. I guess my only AU is just Samula, Samula, just Sam X Pamela. I think Samula. they'd be a really good couple. Of, couple. Of. They'd be very cute. Oh no, I said Coppola. Samula Coppola. Yes. Perfect. Two psychics <laughs> from different worlds. Star-crossed lovers. You love to see it. Oh my god. You love we love to see it. Especially since Sam is like such a huge believer. Well, as Pamela actually has the answers on some of this stuff. That's so in- oh, that'd be really interesting. Oh, oh I want to see them together. Right? Okay, um, <laughs> this has been Helling Complicated. I'm Dupless on Tumblr, Dupless27 on Twitter, Dupless everywhere. Bo, how do you want to not be found? Um, well, you gotta do a seance. You gotta get some of your best buddies around. You gotta get somebody who um, I've recently, you know, rebuilt from scratch. And you gotta touch them. And <laughs> you gotta command to see my face. And then once you do, it'll be so ugly. Your eyes will burn out of your no. skull, so maybe don't try to contact me. Don't say that, bestie. <laughs> You're not ugly. <laughs> you can find us at Helling Podcast on Twitter, Helling Complicated on Tumblr, Facebook. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. And lastly, Misha Collins, please come on the show and tell us whether I'm right about the sparks burning your hair because I feel like I'm right about that but I, that might also be a lie that I'm making up in my mind. I cannot remember. I, I'm sorry. I have a bad memory. I think memory. I remember that too. I think I remember that too. Okay. I don't know if it was confirmed but I remember seeing something about that. I feel like he would say that. Even if he's lying or not, he would say that. Even if he's lying. He <laughs> That's not lying. on us. <laughs> have a good day everybody and carry on my wayward kids. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then she'll explain who the character is. And I'm like, that person had less than five seconds of screen time. Why do they have a name? (laughs) Yep, they have a whole fucking thing about them. (laughs) They have, like, so much backstory, too, and it enrages me.